coming up. What exactly is misogyny? Bullying, sexist, and I hate to say it, misogynistic. I have no idea what that means. When I pulled my hamstring, I went to a misogynist. In the 21st century, why are we still dealing with misogyny? Have we become so habituated to misogyny that we don't even notice it anymore? All these women are coming out to say that they've also been sexually harassed. And men are like, I can't believe this. And I'm like, I know you can't. Are you fake just like a woman? What's the difference between misogyny and sexism? Can women be misogynist too? I mean, that's just like the rules of feminism. But you break just like a little girl. Our guest is Kate Mann from Cornell University. Author of Down Girl, The Logic of Misogyny. Coming up on Philosophy Talk. Does the Me Too movement mark a turning point in gender relations? Or will men continue to oppress women in the workplace and in the family? Why does gender inequality persist? Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm Deborah Satz. And I'm Ken Taylor. We're here in the studios of KALW in San Francisco. Continuing conversations that begin at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus where Deborah and I teach philosophy. Today, we're thinking about misogyny and gender inequality. You know, Deborah, all over the world, men enjoy power and privilege relative to women. Unfortunately, it's always been that way, and I fear it always will be that way. You know, can I have more hope than that? At least in some countries, women have made a lot of progress. Just think, 100 years ago in the United States, women couldn't vote. Now you find us occupying positions at the top of the social hierarchy. We're CEOs, we're scientists, we're lawyers, we're senators. Yeah, yeah, but don't forget about the Me Too movement. Deborah. that shows you how far we still have to go. I mean, women are still disproportionately the victims of sexual violence. They still earn less than men. They still do the lion's share of work in the household. So we got a long way to go. Of course it's bad for women, Ken. But you know what? Patriarchy is bad for men, too. Oh, come on. What is this? You, you, you surprised me. What, do you got some brief for the oppressed male or something like that? No, but I want to recognize that masculinity can be toxic not just for women, but also for men. Oh, come on. I don't, I don't buy that at all. Well, I mean, men are more likely to die as soldiers in war, more likely to end up in prison, more likely to get beat up. And also, you know, they miss out on their children's lives. Women were better educated. And you know what? We tend to have more friends. <laughs> okay, all that stuff. Are you, try- are you really seriously trying to deny that women are the oppressed or that men are their oppressors in, in this patriarchal society? Of course not. No, I understand the ways that women are treated as second-class citizens. Me too. Uh, Well, yeah, right, you too. So what's your point then? Look, men clearly benefit from sexism and misogyny. 
But it's not all benefit. Men are losers, too. No, no. The oppressors are never the losers. You know, whatever disadvantages men have, they pale in comparison to the disadvantages of oppressed women. You know that saying, even if the master's house is empty and, you know, by your lights, kind of lonely, he still owns the house, Deborah. Yeah, but some men don't own houses. <laughs> yeah, but even those men still dominate women who own even less. Yeah, but that's because they're part of a gendered culture that sets them on a path early on that equates masculinity with oppressing women. Uh, you, you're trying to deny that men have free will or something? Men aren't just victims of patriarchy. Men are the agents of patriarchy, Deborah. You know, I think you might be overestimating the amount of agency that individual men have in patriarchy. Norms and social structures dictate so much of gender injustice. You know... That sounds really profound, but what on earth are you talking about? Okay, take an example. Take the norm that women do most of the child rearing. That norm feeds into the fact that women earn less than men at work. And that fact makes it more economical for them to do the child rearing. It's a vicious and self-reinforcing cycle. Uh, um, I, I, okay, okay. okay. I, I I get your point. I'll concede a point. But here's the thing. How do you break that cycle? You got an idea? Well, I think social policies help. Policies like early and affordable child care and flexible work times. See, you're still being the old optimist. You're such an optimist. You know what's going to happen if you put more women in the workplace? And you know what you'll get? You'll get more sexual assault, more harassment. That You know why that is? Because it's an inescapable fact. Men hate women who encroach on their territory. It's an in inescapable fact, Deborah. You know what? Misogyny is not just about hate. Oh, come on. Then how do you explain the Harvey Weinsteins of the world then? Power. They get off on their power. But I don't think it's about hate. Some misogynists actually love women. <laughs> misogynists love women? Come on. With love like that, who needs hate? Okay, look, maybe they love women as objects or something, but they don't love women as full human subjects? You might have something there. I'm not sure. But that's an interesting perspective that we're going to find out more about today. First, we've sent our roving philosophical reporter, Holly J. McDeed, to explore some of the ways misogyny has played out from the book of Genesis to Janet Jackson. She files this report. When asked about the Me Too movement in an ABC interview, Matt Damon explains that sexual harassment and assault exists on a spectrum. There's a difference between, you know, patting someone on the butt and rape or child molestation, right? You can find another example of this type of modern misogyny on the MSNBC talk show, Morning Joe. Host Mika Brzezinski and the other news personalities discuss the importance of due process for accused men. I'm stricken, I'm, I'm, I'm chilled by some of the cases I'm seeing now of people being run out of their jobs, bankrupted, and absolutely no due process. I will say again. Misogyny is not about individual men. It's systematic, the undercurrent keeping men at the top and women down. Growing up, I was fascinated by stories about women who clashed against gendered expectations and fell hard. And no woman fell harder than Eve. Literary historian Stephen Greenblatt is the author of The Rise and Fall of Adam and Eve. This uh, story has been responsible for the shaping of misogyny, the encouragement of misogyny, the uh, punishment, literal beating in many cases of women uh, for the last several thousand years. 
In the book of Genesis, Eve is created from Adam's rib. When the hungry pair eat the forbidden fruit in the Garden of Eden, they're both punished. Adam gets eternal sorrow, but Eve gets eternal submission. The story is turned into an explanation for why women should submit and be silent. Jump from the beginning of humankind to the 1990s, and narratives about sinful women are everywhere, even on the ice skating rink. Here comes Tanya Harding. Tanya Harding grew up in a trailer, put out cigarettes with skating blades, and landed triple axles to the Batman soundtrack. Great power, great speed, and great athletic ability. Judges marked her down for lacking femininity and elegance. In a scene from the 2017 biopic, I, Tanya, she confronts the judges. I outskated him today. We also judge on presentation. If you can come up with $5,000 for a costume for me, then I won't have to make one. After Tanya's abusive ex-husband hires a hitman to club skating rival Nancy Kerrigan in the knee, Tanya turns into one of the most despised people in the country. Nancy gets hit one time. Why? Why? And the whole world For me, it's an all-the-time occurrence. Jump to the 2004 Super Bowl, and Janet Jackson takes the fall after Justin Timberlake pulls off her outfit, exposing her right breast. The stunt derailed Jackson's career, with tabloids calling her a slut and networks banning her songs, even while broadcasting Timberlake's hits. The whole thing went wrong in the end. I am really sorry. Growing up, I practically collected stories of disgraced, fallen women. They were my heroes, my metaphors, my mirrors, my warning flags. I didn't expect the 2016 presidential campaign to be a part of the collection. I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. You just kiss. I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. After Donald Trump bragged about groping women in the Access Hollywood tape, he defended himself during the presidential debates. Are you saying that what you said on that bus 11 years ago, that you did not actually kiss women without consent or grope women without consent? I have great respect for women. Nobody has more respect for women than I do. During the MSNBC Commander-in-Chief Forum, Trump and Clinton were invited to talk about their foreign policy plans. Host Matt Lauer spent most of the show interrupting Clinton with questions about her emails. Some of the emails sent or received by you referring to our drone program, and you said you thought your communications on that were fairly choice. Then, when an audience member asked Clinton about how she'll determine where to deploy troops to combat ISIS, as part of it, we're going after Baghdadi, the leader, because it will help us focus our attention, just like going after bin Laden helped us focus Secretary, our attention in the fight against al-Qaeda uh, in the Afghanistan-Pakistan theater. I am fast running out of time. I'll Months later, in the wake of the Harvey Weinstein scandal, the Me Too movement gave women a platform to share their stories and hold men accountable. Some of the same men who covered the presidential race, from Matt Lauer to Charlie Rose, lost their jobs for sexual misconduct. Women are still sharing their experiences of abuse. But when there's a dent in these stories, the moment they get too nuanced, the backlash begins and the patriarchy falls back into place. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Holly J. McDeed. You can listen to the rest of this episode by purchasing it on iTunes Music. Or for unlimited listening, subscribe to our archive at philosophytalk.org.